We don't look at the monthly statement. Right. We look at for their whole year or even more than that. We, we look at the long term. Mm -hmm. If what we do can actually improve people's you know, knowledge or people's, people's behavior about electric scooter, and that's worth it. This episode of the Bluemex podcast is brought to you by NetWin Place. NetWin Place is a co-working office space based in Scarborough. Co-working is quickly taking the working world by storm. Entrepreneurs of all sorts can take advantage of the many benefits offered by co-working spaces. NetWin Place is focused on small businesses, entrepreneurs, professionals, and anyone else in between. Their 10,000 square foot shared office space is ready to help anyone make their business dream a reality. Okay, we're rolling. Mm -hmm. Richard from Roll, thank you for coming on the Bluemex podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So you have uh, undoubtedly one of the coolest projects to come out of the hub because it's such a physical product, right? Roll right. Uh, the e-scooters, electric right. scooters. Um, we took a demo ride of this a few weeks ago, and mm -hmm. it is fun as fuck. Yeah, it was. You would ride in it for like forty minutes and refuse to get it off. So, <laughs> so, so I can definitely tell. Yeah, I asked you. I'm like, I want one of these, right? Yeah. How, what do I need to do? Yeah. But uh, man, e-scooters, right? It's right. such a, a hot uh, topic right now. It's, it's indeed a very hot topic right now, especially in Toronto. Yeah. Um, you see the newspaper, a lot of people are talking about electric scooter. There are some other American companies are coming to Canada, yep. especially also in, in Toronto. They're having pilots. Um, it's, it's been a hot topic, but not just for the reason, you know, in, in Toronto is for the reason months people start talking about electric scooters, but it actually has been around for like one or two years, uh, mm. you know, already. So it started in America. So some American company, they started this sheer electric scooter thing in America and it became really, really popular. And that is also the reason I, uh, you know, I got the idea, the idea of electric scooter. So, it's actually a very interesting background of mine because my uh, family in China is actually doing electric school the manufacturing business. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was one time I just finished my school. Uh, it was a summer holiday, right? So I, I came back to Toronto. Oh, no, I came back to China, right? I visited my family and I, I was working in the factory. I saw a lot of electric scooters. And then I asked my dad, okay, so I think there's a lot of toys in, in factory, you know, who, who are the clients? Why are they purchasing a lot of electric scooters? And my dad told me it's actually for, you know, actual commute, it's actually for actual transportation. So I have so you done- you thought they were originally toys? I think they were toys because yeah. I, I never thought that people gonna use electric scooter for, you know, daily commutes. So I, I've done a lot of research on that. I found out it's actually a, a really popular thing in America, in Europe and people are actually using it for daily commutes, I realized that it's actually a, a really good way to go around the town because uh, it's, it's electric, so you don't have to paddle, you don't have to walk for eight blocks, so you can just ride on a scooter, it saves your time, saves your effort, and also uh, is, is uh, very convenient. Mm. It's very convenient because it's dockless. So see, the bike share in Toronto, we have to find a bike from a station. Sometimes you have to walk for five minutes to get it bike and then once you finish you still have to return it to a dock and then you have to you know find a dock that has an empty spot for you mm -hmm. so sometimes that is very tedious it's not really convenient but for dockless electric scooter 
you can just park it anywhere you Sorry, want. Sorry, so let's explain what, what docking with dockless is. Sure, sure. So a dock, uh, a dock system is, well, a dock system is um, you have a pretty much a, a rack. A so rack. You go put your scooter or your e-bike back in mm -hmm. into. A dockless system is you don't need a dock. You, you don't, don't need, need it. You don't need it. Uh, the way you do it is actually because we have mobile apps. So when you open your mobile apps, you can see where are the scooters. So yep. you don't have to have a dock. You know where they are. And then uh, it's also automatically locked by itself. So you can just park it by the roadside and people, uh, without unlocking it, people cannot use it. Mm -hmm. So that will make it work. So yep. that is dockless. Uh, so the, that is, you know, the biggest thing, I think the biggest advantage of electric scooter. So, and then, um, yeah, that's how I got my idea basically. Yep. And then also I am an international student from China. When I spent my four years in Toronto here, I realized, you know, the transport, transportation problem is huge yep. and, and nobody has ever sold it. So every time you go to downtown, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. So uh, if you need to go somewhere, you have to take the bus, and then you have to take the streetcar, and, and then you have to take the subway, you take multiple transfer, and then you have to yeah. walk. It's, it's tedious. So when now I got a demo here, right, in Toronto. Every time I go to Toronto downtown, I'll bring the demo. I would just ride it. It's, it's much, much better than, you know, than driving, than uh, taking Uber, or than, uh, you know, taking the public transit. Uh, it's, it's actual actually very, very convenient. Yeah, yep. definitely. I can definitely see that. I mean, one of my major, pro one of the major problems in Toronto is transportation. Mm -hmm. I think we're like the fourth large, uh, GTA in general, uh, overall is the fourth largest city in North America. Right. And it has the, the worst, the worst transportation system, public transportation. Mm -hmm. um, the, the trains don't connect that well. The for a city of its size, it's really undeveloped uh, transportation system. No. And uh, when we first met, you explained it really well. Mm -hmm. by talking about what you saw is the first mile and last mm -hmm. mile problem. Right. Um, how to get to public transport mm -hmm. and how to get from public transport to your route of destination, your uh, right. end destination. Mm -hmm. uh, can you explain that a little better? Sure, yeah. So, uh, yeah, as you said, the biggest problem we're targeting is actually the first mile and last mile problem. Mm -hmm. You see, uh, that is the problem of urban transportation because in, like, in Scarborough, we don't need to worry about that. Everywhere you want to go, just drive a car, and then you're going to get there. But in downtown Toronto, for example, you, most people will take public transit because driving is impossible. <laughs> Parking is horrible. So yeah. you have to take public transit. A lot of people who work in downtown every day, they have to take the subway to downtown, and then they have to take um, you know, a, a bus transfer or walk after the subway ride. That comes the last mile problem. Because for the whole subway ride, subway ride is, is really fast, it's okay. But then after you finish your subway ride, you either have to wait for 10, 15 minutes for a streetcar, or you have to walk for you know, eight blocks to get to the place you want to go. So that is the last mile problem. For every transportation in urban area, the last mile is the most inefficient part of the journey. So if you have electric school there, you don't have to wait. Once you get off your subway, you can just you know jump on the scooter and then you can go to your company. And the good thing about Dockless is that you can just leave it in front of the building and just you can finish your day. You know, start your day from there, and then uh, yeah. So let's talk about that. So the Dockless mm -hmm. component of it. 
I mean, this is one of the hardest contested part of sure. e-scooters is, you know, the littered waste almost. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we see pictures out of California, New yeah. York, I think, mm -hmm. uh, New York a lot, yep. too, where these scooters are just left Mm -hmm. like in bulk and just lying on a field mm -hmm. by the side of the road, mm -hmm. um, just kind of littered across the mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. um, because what Lion and Bird did, like mm -hmm. these billion dollar companies that got mm -hmm. funded, to buy a bunch of scooters and drop them everywhere. Right. And people just kind of used it, used it and just leave it wherever they go. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of a public nuisance. Mm -hmm. um, the public don't like it, the cities kind of reject it. Um, looking at it, it's like, okay, this is kind of a public issue. Mm -hmm. um, and even now as the, these scooters come to Toronto, mm -hmm. um, the issue is, this is the same kind of issues come out of it. For sure. Right? Um, and you have an innovative way of solving this. So right. You want to talk a little bit about that? For sure, for sure, yeah. And, and this is also, you mentioned a really good point, is this is the major problem of, we just mentioned the major problem of urban transportation. But when it comes to electric scooter, the major problem is um, what you said. You know, one of them is parking. You mentioned parking. Uh, those companies, it, the exact reason is because they the only incentive for them to uh, you know to operate is just capture their market market share yeah right so they just dump their school there in the city and don't they just leave them and then how we solve that problem is we uh, have a different kind of operation so let me give you a little bit uh, information more information on how they operate so for line burr and all other major competitors in the in the market they use something called crowdsourcing so that means if you have the app of those companies, and then you can register as a operator, like mm -hmm. an Uber dri driver, but you can be a, a um, scooter operator, right? You can go to the street, take the scooter, and then bring it back to the house to recharge them. In the morning, you can put, in, put them back in a certain area, follow the instruction on the mobile app. You're going to get paid for $5 per scooter, something like that. So it's called crowdsourcing. Everybody can do the job. It's very easy way for the company to manage their fleet, for sure, but it also is not a really responsible way to manage your fleet. Because those people, they don't care about your equipment. They don't care about where should I put the scooter, you know, how should I treat the scooter. So that sometimes leads to a very poor management. Um, so what we do is different. So we hire our uh, you know, own internal staff and we give them the proper training. We have their own, you know, monitoring uh, software on there. Uh, uh, everybody has that software, and then we can manage their performance and then see um, whether it's, it's a good operation or not. And for parking, also we have uh, other solutions. Uh, one of one of them is every scooter is GPS track. So uh, if we identify that scooter is in the middle of the road, uh, we gonna know that. So we're going to know that on the backend dashboard. Something, um, something we do also very differently is we have something called emergency and patrol team. Mm -hmm. So when we first launch electric schooling in a city, we know that is the time where people get really confused. They, they don't know what is electric schooling. They're not really familiar with Douglas, this idea. So sometimes they just, you know, they don't know. Mm -hmm. they went after they use it they, they live it on the sidewalk blocking the you know the people blocking blocking the traffic because they don't know but uh, if we uh, what we have we have electric uh, uh, emerging a patrol team so when we first launch these people will go on the street and patrol around and give people the instruction they need and tell them that you know you should park your right 
So, so what we're trying to do is we want to provide enough education as possible to the public so they know how do I use this. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that must be an expensive operation for you, to, to, uh, especially for your initial launch. Right. Is to take the time to improve the learning curve right. for the initial users. For sure. That's actually a very costly thing to do. You have to hire people to do that. But we think that is worth it because we don't think about it. Just look at the monthly statement. You know, we don't look at the monthly statement. Right. We look at for their whole year or even more than that. We, we look at long term. Mm -hmm. If what we do can actually improve people's, you know, knowledge or people's, people's behavior about electric scooter, and that's worth it because that will change people's perception about electric scooter. That is more sus sustainable um, way of doing the business. This, this is what I, what I think, yeah. But I also wanted to highlight, like, so when you went, the, your dogless solution for your dog, for dogless, um, mm -hmm. um, I guess, drop off of the scooter, sure. is um, you wanna have a system on your application mm -hmm. where you take a picture of the scooter mm -hmm. when it's been left behind, right. and it, the app actually approves if mm -hmm. that's been left behind properly. Right. Um, what is a proper drop-off for a scooter? What does it look like? Right. So, yes. So, in order to park the scooter, you have to take a picture, and our staff on the end, uh, on the uh, on the on the back, is gonna identify if that's a wrong or uh, a right park. If it's a wrong one, they're gonna call you. <laughs> so, okay. so that that's how we solve the problem. We're gonna. You know, we're probably gonna send you an email notification, and then next time you're gonna know how to do it. So the proper way to do it is actually you have to park it on the sidewalk, not on the road. You have to park it on the sidewalk, but you have to make sure that it's close to the road, to, or close to the curb, and then not blocking the traffic, not blocking the uh, fire routes or any kind of entrance. Uh, for all those information, we will have that on our app. So before you unlock a scooter, we will show you a, a video of the tutorial so you know what exactly you should do. Okay. And then uh, we also talk about education, right? Other than the patrol team, also we will have uh, educational events, uh, offline events uh, when we first launch in the city. So uh, that's also something that we're doing to try to uh, improve awesome. that education. Yeah. Yep. It's actually not that hard. It's actually, it sounds like, okay, I have to imagine you know, how to do this. But once people, uh, more people are using electric school, that people are gonna, load, uh, yeah. gonna observe and they're gonna learn from that. So it's, it's, it's actually not that hard. Okay, it's amazing. Um, let's talk about the specs of the scooter. Right? Sure. Because this is a very different from traditional scooters. Um, sure. I know you made the wheel a little bit bigger. Right, so right. Manufactured. Yeah, so the major improvement that I've done on the scooter is actually, um, so one of them, as you can see, the whole scooter is actually bigger yeah. and thicker and tougher. Yeah. So you can feel it. It looks yeah. very tough. It looks tough. Uh, it actually feels tough. Yeah. So when you ride it, it feels like it's more stable. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't just the frame. It, it's not just the frame, but also you mentioned the wheels. Normally, a, a stand-up scooter, they use 8-inch or 8.5-inch of wheels, but mm -hmm. we use 10 inch wheels. Also, we improve uh, the performance on the tires, so it absorbs the shock uh, uh, even better. And also, we have a front wheel suspension there, so that will make you handle the uneven surfaces even better. Uh, we have the double brake system, and this is also exclusive to roll. So when you uh, press the brake, it will have mechanical and electric brake at the same time, so double safety. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, also a very important thing is on the base because remember, 
a lot of people they they used to uh, ride those mechanical electric little electric a uh, little scooter mechanical scooter when they're children right and then for those scooter you have to put one foot at the front yeah. one foot at the back for the brake right that is not really stable right so what we do is we actually made the base a little bit wider so mm -hmm. you can actually comfortably uh, set stand two together. foot, yeah. yeah, stand straight, you know, two foot at the, uh, at the same direction. So that's something we do. So all the, you know, product design and operation, how we design, how we uh, made the decisions all around safety. How can we improve the safety? That's always our guideline, yeah. Great. Um, yeah, you took a lot of consideration mm -hmm. into that factor. And was it, were you able to do that because your family owned, has a factory back home? Definitely. And helped out with that? Definitely, definitely. A lot of uh, free services from my dad. So yeah. that I, I would say uh, thank you. Shout out to my dad. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's definitely some, something that we feel that is our competitive advantage because not just having the factory, but having that know-how knowledge is, is critical. Definitely. It's critical. Because sometimes we, um, we think that, you know, a lot of company, they know, they know what they want, yeah. but a lot of message is lost in that communication between their suppliers and, and their you know, vendor. And we have the ability to um, you know, have a really good communication and we have the ability to get what we want because we have the RD team behind us to support us. So when we say we want to make it tougher, we want to make it uh, more stronger, that's okay, but that will cause a problem. For yeah. example, it's, it's gonna be a lot heavier, very, very heavy. How do you solve that problem? You have to, you know, have a, some kind of special design on the frame, on the base, to make it tough, but also lighter. Yeah. So that 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 takes knowledge, that takes experience. So definitely, that helps a lot. Yeah. Definitely, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Um, you mentioned that a single charge you can drive mm -hmm. about sixty kilometers. Sixty kilometers. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's a good range. Good um, range. So let's talk about that. Like, how fast can they go? So they can go as fast about like 40, 50 kilometers per hour, but we have speed limits, so don't worry. You have a limit to put it. Yeah, so uh, according to our research, we think for a normal city street, it's better to set a speed limit, speed limit between 20 to 24 kilometers per hour. And for different city, we have uh, different regulation. Yeah. For example, in Kelowna, uh, we set the speed limit as 24 kilometers per hour, okay. whereas in uh, other places, we set it as 20 and uh, we're about to start a good news I haven't shared it with you we're okay. about to start a uh, let's make some news okay oh yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a, a new pilot with Toronto Zoo Toronto Zoo yes amazing amazing okay. amazing so it's gonna not gonna so be these roll scooters are gonna be in the Toronto Zoo they're gonna be in Toronto Zoo amazing. for two weekends so okay. people can people can try and they can do a uh, a tour around the which uh, weekend do you know yet uh, we haven't confirmed the, uh, the date, but it's going to release, uh, we're going to announce really soon. Amazing, congrats. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're really excited about this yeah. because we're a Toronto-based company. We can finally get some scooter on the ground of Toronto. So that's, yeah. that's amazing. I mean, you got uh, the, um, the pilots to do it in Kelowna, mm -hmm. right? You got accepted a Kelowna and Calgary. Right, for right? sure. Mm -hmm. And not uh, anything in Ontario. Not yet, not well, yet. Well, Toronto Zoo now. Toronto Zoo. Toronto, Toronto Zoo is Zoo. one of them. Yeah, Toronto Zoo is one of them. That's amazing. So uh, how's the process like? To roll out these e-scooters, you have to go through almost an RFD process with the cities, mm -hmm. with municipalities. Is that, is that right? That's, that's correct. But even we have to do more uh, ahead of that. 
So RFP is at the, you know, at the very end of the process because you first you have to convince the regulators, convince the uh, government that this is something you want because it's actually going to solve people's problem of mm. urban transportation. It's been an issue for many, many people and people want this. And you have to convince them and that con convince is, is not really easy. <laughs> Sometimes, of course, they have to take their own responsibility. They have to evaluate it. It's a new thing. They have never heard of it. Um, so you have to provide a lot of, you know, communication for sure, but also you're going to provide a lot of data and report to them to convince that this is okay. We should try this. And, and, and we are flexible to, um, to uh, help you to set the regulation. So something like that. And then once that communication comes to a common ground, people, we all agree to uh, the terms and then we're going to go to a RFP and then have the pilot. Yep. That's amazing. I mean, it seems quite a laborious journey mm -hmm, um, for sure. to, to do that, but uh, it makes sense for a project like this where mm -hmm. it involves so many moving parts, so many people. Mm -hmm. Like they always say, like hardware companies are so hard to launch. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Like, do you find uh, what are the challenges been in launching Roll? It's, it's very, very challenging. Yeah. You know, remember when we first met, first yeah. met in, in the hub? Um, we had no crew. We had no crew. We know mm -hmm. we can get a really good product, yeah. and we were working on our software. We were working very, very hard on the software, trying to you know make it work. Yeah. Come up with the prototype first, and then the next biggest challenge is actually finding the pilot, finding the a right partner who is willing to work with us to hide the, to have the pilot, and we have tried so many, so many, so many things. And then we have talked to a lot, a lot, a lot of people, and it, it was all dead end. So, so that, that takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of uh, um, effort, actually. So we tried to talk to school. Sorry. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked to school, we tried to yeah. talk to school and about having the pilot. So we tried to talk to University of Toronto, Scarborough, uh, Scrabble campers, uh, Mississauga, or other campuses. We also tried to talk to other uh, other universities and and uh, colleges about ha having a pilot in, uh, on the campus yep. because we know that a lot of people they are uh, they are struggling to run from one class to the other class in, in ten minutes. You know, it's yeah. sometimes is is a big campus. Yeah. it takes a lot of uh, a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And then if they have electric scooter, that was all the problem. Mm -hmm. So we thought that that's something that you want to do. I provide it to you and at no cost. <laughs> How about that? And they say, hmm, that's, uh, that's, that's okay, but I have to think about it. So yeah. for everything that is really, really new, that is disrupted, then people, sometimes they, they, they don't want to take the first step. They see. They will ask you: Is there any other university doing this? If there is any other university doing this, I might think about it. But yep. if no, then I would say I'll pass for now. So that's you know that's the that's the feedback we got at the very early early stage. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I found that universities are very highly bureaucratic. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, there's so many blocks to get through. Right. To get to get through them, like I mean, it's almost worse than dealing with the government because they're mm -hmm. both have the same checkpoints as mm -hmm. government would, mm -hmm. and more like the private sector would. I right? know, I know, yeah. I know. I can definitely feel that. So that's something that I learned from this journey. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, one of the one of the thing that I take away from that experience is you have to talk to the right person. Yeah. 
sometimes you feel like, oh, I know, I found this guy. This guy is the guy. You know, I have to talk to this guy. I'm probably gonna get a deal, but yeah. no, 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 no. You're talking to the wrong guy. Yeah. You have to do enough enough research to know who are you talking to. Is this person the decision maker? Is the person have that influence on on your on your project? So if you find find the right person, it becomes easy. Because you know, if he says no, then bye bye. If yeah. he says yes, okay, let's uh, have more meetings and talk about it. So that is something that I learned. Uh, I exactly I, I agree to you. Sometimes talking to university and the colleges is it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Definitely. But also, big shout out to University of Toronto because yeah. now uh, we actually you know they're very very supported. They're very very supported. They give us a lot of advice. They actually review our proposal for a uh, school pilot in University of Toronto. And now, because uh, the city right now is having their you know their regulation changes, they are now they're trying to open that door for electric scooters. So probably we're gonna maybe we're gonna bring that uh, back to life. Awesome. So, so hopefully, hopefully, so. That's great. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we need to see, I think, more of a collaborative environment for people who want to test new ideas. Right, right. right. I mean, there's so, much solve, so much problems to be solved in society that, like, mm. there can be additional roadblocks mm -hmm. for people who want to go out and solve them. We mm -hmm. need to enable people more. And, uh, I mean, that's one of the appreciative journeys I've seen with you mm -hmm. is all the different things. I mean, you have this great product. You have the supply. Mm -hmm. right? You know the demand's out there. But For sure. You keep having to run and over all these hurdles mm -hmm. to even get to just connecting the supply to mm -hmm. demand. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's a frustrating process. I mean, seeing what could be mm -hmm. the potential mm -hmm. and uh, not being able to connect it right. uh, fast enough. And, uh, I mean, kudos to you for um, operating as you have. Mm -hmm. I mean, Right now, again, you are you have now the city of Calgary saying, yeah, we can launch there. Right. Kelowna saying you can launch there. Now. Yep. Uh, uh, Toronto Zoo. Toronto Zoo. And we are also in a very close communication with Edmonton. It's about, I think we are about to get that permit. That's amazing. Sure. So mm -hmm. what is, what's next for you? What is uh, what are the next few months look for role? Yeah, so uh, as I mentioned, right, we're going to start our first operation in Kelowna yep. in October, so that will be very soon. So we're going to finish. For the next few months, we're going to focus on Kelowna. I'm going to move to Kelowna. Yeah. So, okay. so actually, to uh, try to make sure everything's correct. Because a lot of things right now we have is all uh, planning. But mm. how to execute that plan uh, takes more effort. And then to, uh, uh, we have to make sure that everything goes with the plan. And then we got uh, really good also, we want to get really good feedback from the customer so we know how to improve on our product, improve our operation and software and, and other stuff. So that's that. And then for the next year, we're probably going to focus on Canada or the major cities because we got a permit from Edmonton, Calgary. Uh, also, we're looking at Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, Vancouver. Those big cities, uh, they are also having this discussion about electric scooter. Though, so we think, we believe that in the next year, we're probably gonna have more pilot programs in, 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 in Canada. Yeah, so that's the plan. Okay. So the plan is to go to more cities. Yeah, <laughs> that's the yeah. plan. Yeah. Expansion now, expansion, yeah, expansion yeah. stage. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, so one of the uh, things that you, mm -hmm. uh, I appreciate you discussing with me, mm -hmm. is your concerns over safety. For sure. Um, so I mean, these are so new that mm -hmm. there's, there's no real statistics on 
how mm -hmm. the road usage of scooters mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the speed, about mm -hmm. how you guys are limiting the speed, because mm -hmm. I mean, these things can go pretty fast, mm -hmm. going 40, 50 kilometers an hour right. on uh, a device that's you know, just, few, it's just like a quick slab of metal mm -hmm. um, where you're freestanding. I mean, that's, that's pretty dangerous. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, how's, how's it looking right now in the marketplace? Like, how are e-scooters um, rated safety-wise? What's being done to regulate that? Um, is there been fatalities, casualties? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as I said, right, it has been around one to two years in America. So we actually got a lot of good data from that. So there's actually some reports and research have done on the topic of electric scooter injuries or uh, even uh, serious injuries, fatality, that all happened. Yeah. But I'll keep in mind that it is a means of transportation. So for every means of transportation, there is risk of serious injuries and, and even fatality. Um, but when you compare the data, uh, it's actually pretty similar to riding a bicycle. And in some cities, it's actually a little bit safer than riding a bicycle. Um, but then right now, the major, major concern about safety from my eyes is actually the helmet use. Yeah. Because from our research, 45% of the injury can be prevented simply by wearing the helmet. And there's less than 1% of people actually wearing the helmet. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. That doesn't make sense because it's so crucial that it's gonna save your life, but you don't wear it. Even though people send you one, you don't wear it. So I think there's a, a lot have to be done on the education side. And, and from the uh, perspective of the company, we provide helmets as, as much as possible. So, um, so helmet use, it's one of the uh, very crucial things, but when you compare the data, it's pretty similar to riding a bicycle, yeah. So uh, another big thing I think uh, we should have to improve, this, improve on the electric scooter safety is actually infrastructures, because we recommend people to ride a scooter on bilanes, but when you look at the downtown Toronto, there are not too many bilanes. So if we have more bilanes, it, it is if our city uh, is more bicycle, electric scooter friendly, that will also hugely increase the safety of, of uh, electric scooter, yeah. Yeah, so it'll get designated spots for people to ride in. Mm -hmm. um, let's go back to the helmet issue. Sure. Um, how do you uh, seek to provide helmets for people, your, dri uh, your uh, riders? Mm -hmm. I can see that being a cost issue as well, mm -hmm. um, being able to have that inventory mm -hmm. um, and just access. Mm -hmm. um, are people going to be buying these uh, helmets from you, mm -hmm. or is it a rental product? How would that work? Yo, so so right now we want to provide for when we first launch in the, in the city, we know that people need some education. So we just gonna give the helmet for free. Of course, that's a cost to the company, but I think that's worth it. You know, we put that under education, right? So okay. so that is the education expense. So uh, efforts, but we cannot provide as many as possible, you know, just give it away. That's a huge cost to the company. So we have done several things. One of them is that if you register an account with Roll and you uh, prepay for your, uh, for your fee, okay. for example, $100, mm -hmm. I'm gonna send you a helmet for free. Because when you are prepaying, you save the transactional fees for the company. Mm. And I, as the company, I'm willing to use that saved cost to buy the helmet for you. So you think that no matter what, I'm gonna use the scooter, why don't I just prepay for it and then I can get a free helmet. That's good for you, 
for me, that's also good for me because that will cover the cost for the helmet. So something like that, something like that, trying to uh, find a win-win position, uh, you know, situation for both customers and company and make it sustainable for the helmet distribution, make it sustainable. Also, we're talking to um, a lot of companies to yeah. find that right partnership if that gonna decrease our cost. And, and that's one of the things. Second of the things is that we identify a lot of people, they don't want to use helmet because they don't want to carry it. Yeah. You know, when you put it in the- Yeah, it's the biggest problem. Yeah, it's the biggest problem. Yeah. And then, but you know, there's actually a lot of startup right now are doing those kind of- uh, Compact. Compact, foldable helmets. So uh, we are actually in a very close discussion with some companies who oh, are nice. willing to have a partnership with us. So uh, in the future, we will have something is is very thin, it's foldable, but still it's very, uh, durable is very uh, safe, something like that. So we can give away to our customers. They can put it in their backpack. They can put it in their, uh, you know, uh, uh, their back backs, and they can carry it with their uh, during their daily commute. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is uh, being able to enhance, like um, I think, uh, enhance safety right. by making things more accessible. Mm -hmm. Accessible for sure. Right. Accessible. And you know what? You have to make it cool. Yeah. So. You know, I, I feel like 80% of the people don't wear a helmet because they think, oh, it's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have to make it cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, okay, let's, well, let's walk through the use case, right? Like, sure. So let's say Roll has uh, 50 to 200 student scooters For sure. in my area. Mm -hmm. um, I look up on the app mm -hmm. and I see, I can see a pinpoint of all the scooters available. For sure, yeah. Right? Um, how do I know, what, what happens if the, it's lower charge? Oh yeah, so on the app, you can actually, when you click on a scooter, you can actually see, oh, not even click on scooter, we have done that improvement. So mm -hmm. now on the app, when you see all the surrounding scooters. It's gonna bring up the website. Yep. Yeah. I love the yellow, it just makes everything just pop out. Yeah, it's yeah. very bright, eh? Yeah. So, so yeah, so as you can see, right, we only have one scooter there on the, uh, on the map, but when you see all the surrounding scooter, you're gonna see the charge level. Yep. that scooter. So you're gonna make sure that you're going to the 100% charge, not the 20% charge. Yep. Okay, so, so you see charge level on uh, it? You're gonna see the charge level on mm -hmm. it, and w by clicking on it, you can also see uh, how far you can go, the, what's the range for okay. it, so you don't get anxious about that. Yep. And then, so following that, so now you found a scooter. Now, when you click on that, it shows you a walking path to that scooter. So you know how to get to that scooter. And then once you get to the scooter, simply just uh, press scan, and then you can scan the QR code on top of the scooter, and then the scooter will unlock. If that is your first time, it will show you a very detailed video tutorial to show you how to use the scooter, all the safety, uh, safety, uh, uh, aspect of the scooter, right? How do you use the brake? How do you use the bell? Uh, where should you ride? Should you, you should be over 18 of age. You should wear a helmet, all of those stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you can start your riding. And then the, the uh, once you finish your ride, you can park it. When you park it, you have to take a picture to make sure that you're parking in the right area. Or we want, we're gonna go after you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna send you an email too. Like you know, do better next time. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, and then all the charger is gonna based on the time you ride it. Yeah. So it's gonna be, normally we charge about $1 to start yeah. to unlock the scooter and about 20 to 30 cents to mm. per minute uh, for the ride. 
It's yeah. gonna charge through your credit card. So it's very simple. So sorry, you said a dollar to start the start it? Yeah, so that would be a flat fee for unlocking the scooter. And then per kilometer you pay? Uh, per minute. Per minute. Yeah, 20 cents to 30 cents per minute. 20 cents, yeah. 30 cents a minute. Mm. Okay. And so let's say I, 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 grab, the vehicle, I grab a scooter, mm -hmm. log on the app, mm -hmm. find a scooter, walk up to it, I scan it, and locks, mm -hmm. jump on, mm -hmm. and start driving towards the subway, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I drive for about, say, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You get charged 20 cents to 30 cents per minute. So, yeah, so for a 10 minutes ride, it's about cost you about $3, $4, something okay. like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, $3, $4, mm -hmm. and there I get a subway, I then, go towards the curbside, mm -hmm. drop the scooter off, exactly. park the scooter, mm -hmm. take a picture of it, mm -hmm. and I get approved right away. Saying that it's you get approved right away. So once you take the pictures, we're gonna allow you to lock the scooter right away. But uh, our, our staff in the back end, we're gonna, later on they're gonna look at your picture. And if there's something wrong, we're gonna react. We have the emergency and patrol team, right? If something is really serious, for example, it's in the tree mm -hmm. or, you know, it's in the river or something like that. So our internal staff, they will go there immediately to react. But if it's not a major problem, we're going to send you a email to tell you what's wrong with it. And maybe you should improve, improve uh, on the second time. If we identify there are some people never <laughs> park it right, then we... We have to suspend that customer or sometimes if there is something serious consequence, we have to find them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's you have to find them. We have to find them. Yeah. Okay. And it's because you have they had a credit card on file. Yeah. And yeah. And also uh, in our user agreement. Yeah. You, 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 uh, we will be able to do that. Yeah. So let's talk about like, damage. Right? Sure. Like, mm -hmm. Just random acts of hooliganism, right? <laughs> People just want to, you know, just pick mm -hmm. this up and throw it somewhere. Mm -hmm or just uh, damage it, mm -hmm. or try to attack it. Mm -hmm. um, what's, your, what's your plan in that sense? Yeah, so it's never avoidable. Yeah. For anything for public use, it's never avoidable, but we're trying a lot of things to make it, uh, to make it you know, uh, less cost to the company. So one of them is the product itself. We have to make it very durable to make it suitable to a sheer environment. So. Yeah. Uh, so when we designed the product, we actually looked at a lot of uh, our competitors and how their products uh, got damaged, right? Yeah. What are the problems? And then we improve on that. Uh, that's one of the things. Second is that we have that sensor inside of the scooter. So when people, without unlocking it, if people are you know, tampering and playing with it and then you know, trying to uh, damage it, we will receive that information. And if we identify there is a lot of movement on the scooter because we know that a lot of people are you know, trying to do that. So uh, it will play an alert. So the people tr who is trying to damage the scooter will get that uh, alert. So the damage or being trying to be moved away mm -hmm. without being unlocked, it'll just beep. Beep, yeah. yeah, yeah alarm beep. system. Alarm system, something like that, yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, you also mentioned, so we always talked about this, right? Mm -hmm. like North America being, we have winter, mm -hmm. a pretty harsh winter. For sure. Mm -hmm. This is not a winterized solution. You can't work in winter? No, no. For this current model, we're not planning to have it on, uh, to, to operate it on winter because we know that it's not really safe for the customer yeah. to ride it on winter, let's be honest. Uh, and I don't think people are going to use it a lot in the winter time because there's uh, the weather outside is not really suitable for even for riding bicycle. People don't re ride bicycles during the winter time. So, yeah, definitely in Canada, at least we face that seasonality. 
uh, seasonality problem for the business. Yeah. But uh, when you look at the the cost structure of this business, the biggest cost is actually operational cost. Mm -hmm. So during the winter time, the only cost that's gonna occur is gonna be uh, the storage warehousing, and that would take a very very small percentage of the you know as a as as a whole cost. So that is not a really a big concern to us. Uh, but we are also trying very hard to work with our engineer to try not trying to come up with a solution for uh, for winter use mm. because we know that even though it's the winter we cannot use electric scooter but the problem is still there the problem is still there and the problem is worse <laughs> so that that is something so we should come up maybe a different vehicle maybe a different kind of vehicle motorized or electric vehicle something is as convenient as electric scooter but it's suitable for uh, winter time and within road condition. Yeah. I just imagine like a mini, like a four wheel, <laughs> yeah. something like that. So yeah, we, we are um, in close discussion with the engineers. We, uh, we haven't been able to, uh, you know, That'd bring, be interesting. Uh, bring that, but yeah. hopefully in the future we can be able to bring that to life. Yeah. So you guys are also doing e-bikes as well? E-bike, definitely. Yeah. So in, in Kelowna, we will have uh, 200 units of electric scooter and 50 units of electric bike. So, because we know that, uh, even though in in our point of view, we think that electric bike, yeah, electric have a sh like a showing of how the electric bike looks like. Sure. Yeah. If you go to press, yep, yep. Click on that. Go down. It's just gonna load the picture. Oh, so go to the second web, uh, second article. Click on that. This one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. the first picture. This is the bike. Nice. Yeah. That looks cool too. Yeah. So it's the color, you know, it's the color. <laughs> so yeah, it's the a color yellow, pop. yellow color, very bright. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so yeah, look at the look at the bike. It's pretty similar. So I, yeah, I noticed that it still has the pedals, so you can still pedal it. It's still it's it's still pedal. So what we what we uh, what we uh, call it is we call it uh, you know um, electric assist bike. So okay. it's not fully electrical bike, so yeah. you still have to pedal. But when you pedal, when you uh, uh, reach certain speed, you're gonna feel the motor is running. So you feel you, you, you're gonna take less effort. And especially when you're riding uphills. Okay. It's gonna be amazing. Nice. You know? It's gonna be amazing. That's great. Like, uh, do you have any specs on these, like how they work? Sure. What the range? Uh, range is uh, gonna be even longer than this. Yeah. Uh, even longer. Bigger battery. Than a bigger battery. And then uh, um, other things for for the for the other aspect of the bike is pretty similar to electric scooter. So it's gonna be the same. How they work? How they work is gonna be the same style. So you have to scan the code to unlock it, and when you go to somewhere, uh, finish your ride, you park it by the by the roadside. So this is. Uh, Pretty similar, pretty similar, but we think that um, for a lot of people at least right now, they are not really, they're not that open to electric scooter. And then electric bike could be something that they can be really, you know, comfortable with. Yeah. They can try electric, electric bike first, and then maybe eventually they will move on to electric scooter. Because in our eyes, we, we believe that electric scooter is is uh, something more for a urban environment yeah. because you know a lot of people that are wearing suit, they're wearing skirt, they can't really ride a bike, uh, and riding a bike still have to paddle. Yeah, 
All right. Yeah. So so that would take your effort, and it's not really suitable for the uh, for the urban citizens. So electric scooter is is a better way of transport. But we we think that electric bike is is also has its own advantage, right? It's more uh, easy for people to for, to adopt, and also it's it's for longer range. So, uh, riding an electric scooter, you ride it for 10, 15 minutes. That's that's normally what people ride it for. And then for electric electric bike, you can ride it for half an hour, right? For a longer longer range and a, a uh, longer distance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Right, um, and I think it's going to be a different uh, use case, definitely, mm -hmm. um, between the two. But I think the biggest problem with the scooters is that it's still seen as a toy component. For sure, yeah. People equate scooters, what like kids play with. Yeah. Um, and they think about like, okay, I'm using this as like a serious transportation tool. Mm -hmm. They see it's more of a gimmick or a fun tool than yeah. like an actual utility. Mm -hmm. right? I think it's going to come from actually people using it. Yeah. Like you said, mm -hmm. they get used to it. Mm. Um, I mean, what's the feedback been like? I know you've been done a few demos. You mm -hmm. took it to a few places, let yep. you drive it. Yep. What have people thought? It's very, very interesting. Yeah. So I, I brought it to a lot of people, especially a lot of people, a lot of regulation, mm -hmm. uh, regulators. And, and those officers, when they first saw this electric scooter, and I would say, so let's, let's start with riding. Yeah. Let's ride it first, and then we're going to talk about the, Best uh, thing. Uh, yeah. the, you know, the actual turns. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm too old, or I'm not really comfortable with it. They, they, they say a lot of excuses, and I will force them. Yeah. <laughs> I will force <laughs> them. So come on, this is okay. I'll, I'll teach you. It's, yeah. it's very easy. It takes two minutes to learn it. And then when they try it, they feel like, oh, this is actually okay, this is not that scary, and this is actually fun. And a lot of people, they say they don't want to, they want to try, they don't want to try it. But when they try it, they try it for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, they refuse to get it off, just like you. Yeah, <laughs> just, just like so. me. Yeah, I got so, on and I wouldn't give it back. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's the thing. So uh, people, yeah. for, you know, you, you mentioned it. The, it's the procession, right? Yeah. It's the procession. People perceive as a tool, as, as a toy. So, People normally don't take it seriously, but once they get on it, they feel like, oh, this is actually, I can see the, the, you know, the use of it. I can know how is it gonna be useful for yep. people. So that's the, uh, the most interesting feedback I got from those people. And then also I, I, I brought it uh, to the street of Toronto. I asked people around, and how do you feel this? Uh, feel about this? Uh, you, you want to try it? And, and how do you feel? And most people, they, um, they before they try it, they they don't really know, they don't really know. So they they can't really tell you anything. But after they try it, it's the same thing. They feel like oh, I can use it for daily commute. I can use it for my uh, catching my classes. And um, so that's the feedback I got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Point. Mm. Um, from your feedback, who do you think is going to be your typical user? What's their characteristics? What's their profile? Mm -hmm. So right now, we think three kinds of people are the, will be our typical user or the most frequent users. One of them is, we mentioned, university, college students, because they have to travel from class to class, mm -hmm. and then they have to uh, catch classes. Uh, so that would be very useful for them. Yeah. And the second one is uh, the, you know, the urban daily commuters. They have to use public transit, use it a lot, and then they face the last mile problem. Mm -hmm. so so second, and third is gonna be tourists. Because when, when they come to the city, they wanna go around, see around, they don't have destination. Uh, if they take bus, 
they buzz in the in the middle of the bus. They say, "Oh, we have to get off on this stop because we want to see this museum, whatever." Uh, it's not really convenient for them. But f riding a bike, uh, riding an electric scooter, they can just ride, uh, ride around and see around. Mm -hmm. So, so that will be really useful for them. So yeah. those three uh, kinds of people are going to be our typical users. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. And um, now that you're launched this product, mm -hmm. what's your go to market? Like, uh, how does that look like? How do you get the first initial people mm -hmm. using this? Yeah. So is for electric scooter, this is very strange. This is very interesting for most uh, tech startup. If you're, you know, uh, creating an app, you have to spend a lot of time and effort and money on marketing to get that first batch of users. And but for electric scooter, it's a totally different story. All you have to do is just go there, yep. and then the media will come, mm. and then they will they will oh can I do an interview on you and okay. can I can I write an article on that matter? So we're gonna receive a lot of media exposure mm -hmm. when we launch. So we don't have to promote it. The biggest thing that we have to do is for education. We have to tell people how to properly use it. So we're gonna have some educational events, some launch events. Um, that's that's one of the things. Also, we have something called referral code. So a existing user, they can refer a friend. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then they both of them can get a free uh, free ride, free unlock, something like awesome. that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Um, and the software is already ready to launch, everything's good to go? They're already re ready, but uh, I'm very picky. So right now I'm also, you know, I, I'm trying to crash it. <laughs> yeah. Right now it's getting harder, harder, harder. But still, right? We have to do some improvement on that. But I would say 99% is already 99% ready. Um, we have to just do some fine turn on that app. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. I mean, this is exciting. Uh, I'm, this is one of the products I'm definitely looking forward to having because mm -hmm. I can definitely see myself using this. Mm -hmm. sure. uh, I mean, this whole summer, uh, me and Henry have been jumping around to all these tech events, sure. and it's always been an issue with parking and getting around. I mean, this. Oh my I mean, god! Jumping on a subway or a, or a train to, mm -hmm. to uh, or a train car, mm -hmm. trying to get between events, it's not gonna happen. Nah. I mean, we generally try to plan things, all, uh, events that happen all very close, same kind of close yeah. together. Uh huh. But uh, I mean, for, especially in the summertime, you can definitely see yourself like zipping around downtown, mm -hmm. going to meetups, going to events, going mm -hmm. to things. Uh, I mean, it's it's it can be seen as very useful. For sure, and right now, especially right now, I don't worry about the demand because right now, if you go to downtown, you see a lot of people actually bought their own scooters. Yeah. They're using it, right? When I come here today, actually, I saw one guy in yeah. the parking lot riding the e-scooter. Really? So I feel like, for sure, this is gonna work because people are already spending hundred bucks, yeah. you know, buying buying those things uh, online. I mean, one of the things um, um, that really gets me is like how long these have been in the, uh, been around for e-scooters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and mean, I remember like. 10, 15 years ago at Canada's Wonderland, uh -huh. they give e-scooters as prizes. Oh, really? Right? Um, yeah, I mean, I remember my uncle won one, and I'm like, damn, I don't want one, right? Yeah. I, I was like 15 at the time. Sure. And um, I remember seeing e-scooters for the first time then. Mm -hmm. That's first uh, my first interaction with them. Mm -hmm. Since then, of course, they've come a long way. Mm -hmm. A lot more sturdy, a lot more safer, mm -hmm. a lot more mileage, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. assuming, um, the capability to hold charges. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I see this uh, definitely is useful. Uh, we, I, I definitely wish you guys the best because I want to use this. Thank you so much. Um, what, what else is next to you guys? Like anything else you want uh, to give a shout out to or 
uh, talk about in general? I, I want to give a shout out to you, man. <laughs> like, right? When we, uh, when I first, I, I told you, right? I had no clue. Give, give us a lot of uh, good advice. You, you take us to a lot of places, meet a lot of people. So that's really, really helpful. So I want to say thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, and um, this is amazing. So even though we, we haven't made it, but right now we got some good progresses. You know, this is a really um, rewarding. Yeah. period of the time you know we put in a lot of effort but right yeah. now we taste the, the the sweetness of rewarding you know I so believe. so so that's really good that's really good and for the future we what we believe is because with is people gonna eventually they're gonna move from personal owned vehicles to share mobility mm -hmm. so when when i say share mobility it's not just gonna be electric scooter or electric bike maybe in the future there's gonna be something else maybe share bike, uh, share, share cars. Now we already have share car, but it's yeah. not the majority of, you know, how people transport. But I see that will be the mainstream of the so future. So what's your vision here? Like, what do you see, how does the future look like? The future, in my eyes, I always imagined, in the future of the city streets, there's no personal owned vehicles, no people, nobody is driving. Nobody's driving. So uh, it will be a more bicycle, electric scooter friendly, um, a city, so mm -hmm. you're gonna have a bigger sidewalk or a bigger by lanes, and that would take the most space of the uh, of the road. And then, other than that, uh, we're gonna have autonomous driving vehicles. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. In five, ten minutes, ten years, for sure, uh, it's gonna be a uh, really normal things for for people's daily life. People yeah. just take that. Uh, um, you know, uh, autom autonomous Uber, you know, they just take that and they don't have to drive the car. So that was so the issue of parking. Yeah. So when there's no parking lot, there's more space mm -hmm. for buildings. So there are more space for roads. So that will, you know, further, you know, reduce that uh, traffic pressure on, on, on city. So, so that's the future I'm looking at. You know, that's the future I'm looking at. So I, I believe that eventually people will move on to share mobility. In fact, if you look at a lot of data right now, there are more people are um, don't have driver's license in some country. They don't yeah. want they don't want to drive a car. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to drive a car. And there are more people, especially in North America, they are moved to big cities. Young people they want to live in New York. They want to live in LA. They want to live in Toronto. And in that kind of urban area, they can't really own a car. Yeah. So so I think you know all the culture shift, all the uh, people's awareness on environment, yep. and, and all the technology improvement, that will eventually lead to a future with no personal own vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, electric scooters. So that's, that's the reason why I, I want to do electric scooters. Yeah, so, you see so the part I, of the future. I, I see electric scooter will be the part of the future. Yeah. And, and we never define road technology as a company as a electric scooter company, we define it as a share mobility company. Okay. So we we have ambition. Mm. You know, in the future, we are thinking about other stuff. <laughs> other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So how to capitalize more in the larger market space mm -hmm. in the shared mobility realm. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is something I think about a lot too. I mean, mm -hmm. it's kind of scary to think about a future where people don't own any assets themselves, mm -hmm. where they just rent, pay for use. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has been always been like the scary part of, of capitalism where you suddenly you don't own anything, but you're <laughs> plugged into a system where oh, everybody, yeah. it depends people on with that. capital owns, uh -huh. people with capital own everything, uh -huh. and you're continuously having to pay for every little thing you use in life. Uh -huh. um, I mean, that's 
kind of the issue, right? Like if there's many different, many different um, categories mm -hmm. of uh, offerings, product mm -hmm. offerings, mm -hmm. and the share of mobility. I mean, if you want to use sco scooter, this company. Mm -hmm. If you want to use e-bike, this company. Mm -hmm. If you want to use a shared car, this company, mm -hmm. th that company, right? Mm -hmm. um, do you see like any kind of vertical integration? Like one company coming and being like, okay, get off the subway, get on a scooter, go mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. get a car, mm -hmm. you know, like all blends together mm -hmm. um, into one kind of um, shared experience? Mm -hmm. Or do you see a multitude of different, different companies coming in mm -hmm. and offering uh, and competing for the market space? Well, I think, I don't know. Yeah. In the future, I don't know how it's going to look like. But right now, I think we want competition. Competition is going to be better. Because with competition, there's going to be a better service, right? We don't want a monopoly company to dominate the market. And only that company can provide the service. So that will not lead to a better service. You know, mm. we want competition. And uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, people, I know a lot of people, they, they are very scared about, you know, in the future that everything is rental. Yeah. But, but the thing is that if, if it's shared, that means it increased the efficiency of that asset, yeah. right? If you own the vehicles, you only drive it for two hours a day, and for the rest of 20, 22 hours, it's sitting in the parking lot. That is a waste of resources, right? So if you have, it's, it's shared, then there are more people gonna use that asset, it's, it's better, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's more efficient. Uh, it's just that we have to find that, you know, fine line. About line, yeah. who they want, you want a bunch of company provide the service to make your life better, and not you, you not make you depend on them, right? Yeah. So so that's that's something that you know when we look at the future, yeah. uh, that's always the case. <coughs> we got very excited about the future, but we all, yeah. sometimes we got very scared. Um, but that is the future. Yeah. That is the future. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of anything called a DAO, a mm -hmm. decentralized autonomous organization? DAO. No, no. So it's a new type of corporation uh, or entity that's becoming a thing because of technology. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's more theoretical right now. Mm -hmm. No one's really actually launched one. But a decentralized autonomous organization mm -hmm. is a company that is owned by everybody and by no, no central authority. For sure. Uh -huh. um, but also autonomous means most of the management mm -hmm. is, uh, is uh, automated. Um. And it runs as an automated agency. So everybody kind of co-owns it and mm -hmm. profits from it. Mm -hmm. So everybody owns like a share or mm -hmm. a multitude of shares mm -hmm. and uh, are part of the decision-making process. Mm -hmm. And most of the management of it is, act is automated. And one of the key components they see is for mm -hmm. is for the mobility space, mm -hmm. where when you have autonomous vehicles mm -hmm. and you have rideshare components like this, all mm -hmm. kind of plugged in mm -hmm. to this larger decentralized organization mm -hmm. where the revenue share is kind of shared mm -hmm. within a larger community mm -hmm. um, that all goes into better perfecting the technology, mm -hmm. better perfecting the utility and mm -hmm. the actual use cases. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, everybody kind of owns a little bit of it. Yep. Um, it's one of the interesting use cases for uh, definitely this space mm -hmm. um, because the power of automation mm -hmm. to you know suck out capital from a system mm -hmm. is is it prevalent. Mm -hmm. So the problem is when cars can be completely autonomous mm -hmm. and people aren't buying cars, mm -hmm. well, can one, like can Uber or a large company start owning all the cars and set the market trends? Mm -hmm. um, this is a way to combat that, mm -hmm. where everybody kind of co-owns the mm -hmm. asset and, and the technologies behind it. Mm -hmm. um, it's, but, it's very interesting to think about. But the thing is that how people, okay, so that corporation, how's the decision-making process gonna go? Is it gonna yeah, be, we, we have to, do we have to give that power to technology? 
Well, that that would be another debate on that, right? Should should we Absolutely. give should we give that decision making power to leave them to the people, or should we leave them to the technology? Yeah. When we say automatic decision making, is it going to be an AI program that you know behind us in making all the decisions for us? Yeah, so it's an interesting. Uh, yeah, it's a completely interesting uh, kind of point of view. Uh, it depends on I think uh, how you launch mm -hmm. a company like that. Mm -hmm. um, the first DAO ever ever launched, I think, was hacked and they taken apart mm -hmm. because they went completely decentralized. For sure. Right? Mm -hmm. They decentralized them and everybody kind of co owned it and because of that, it was a security flaw. Mm -hmm. Someone took advantage of that. Uh. Um, but I think, it's, uh, I think the way you launch it, mm -hmm. the way it all kind of comes together, mm -hmm. um, all it defines and if it's, if it's um, you know, viable or not. So mm -hmm. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. But uh, Richard, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank Let's you wrap so much. Up. Uh, this has been great. I mean, it's been great. To, uh, thank you for bringing um, mm -hmm. a, uh, your demo unit as well. Um, I'm definitely going to take it on a sort of spin right now as mm -hmm. well. For sure. Because it's here. Okay. Um, let's do it, man. Thank you for coming on. Okay. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, boys. <laughs>